Hey guys, this is Avi Krishna and this is a Foggy Bottom Politics Podcast. Today I'll be discussing the vice presidential debate, which was, I guess, technically a debate, but um, it really wasn't. Uh, I guess in retrospect, you can look at it as kind of, it was characterized by how evasive candidates were on the key issues. And it's really like in the background, we're like looking at Trump versus the Trump versus Biden debate, which was just absolutely ridiculous. It was a masterclass in what not to do. So the fact that this debate was relatively normal by typical political standards isn't actually saying much. It's just, it's rather, it's not an indictment of this debate, but it's not actually, it was still a pretty bad debate, generally speaking. Uh, politicians have, I guess, they've always lied, and they've always been dodgy, which is kind of why this was so typical. But it, just on some seriously, like, very key issues, there was just so many dodgy answers, and like, so many non-answers, and so many, like, witty pivots, that it was somewhat disappointing and makes me kind of question like this whole institution of like why do we even have moderators what's the point of a debate if candidates are just having these pre-scripted lines to these questions they more or less know even though they don't actually know beforehand so it, it's really it really makes you question the institution and then like generally speaking like vp debates don't actually matter and they don't matter because vice presidents don't really matter uh 538 analysis has shown that if a vice president comes from somewhere that's not a swing state like California or Indiana, for example, what a coincidence that both of these candidates are both from those states, that if they're from not a swing state, they're only going to provide about half a percentage point or one percentage point in terms of a difference in to, to that party. Um, if they're from a swing state, it might provide about two or three percentage points. Uh, depending on the year and depending on the candidate. So it's a lot of different uncertain factors and just generally speaking, vice presidents don't really matter. And that's why VP debates are kind of almost a novelty. They're almost kind of exist to give credence to this notion that vice presidents matter when they really don't. Uh, they don't really have much administrative power, I guess, aside from breaking tie-breaking votes or if the president hap- happens to anoint you as the Cesar of a COVID crisis, which I guess was the case of Pence, didn't do a great job. But I guess they have some kind of power, but it's really not much, which is why these VP debates are typically very unimportant. The thing about this VP debate was this in this very uh, different, very odd election season, uh, the president has COVID-19. So the, before, even before this debate, the future of the future presidential debates was kind of called into question. So people weren't really sure what was going to happen. And as a result, there was kind of more of a spotlight placed on this typically inconsequential VP debate. Um, Now, after the debate, I can pretty confidently say that I have no confidence in who the winner or loser was because both Kamala Harris and Mike Pence presented pretty strong cases for both the Republicans and Democrats. Uh, so let's just talk about quickly about some of the key questions that kind of went ignored in this debate. So one of them that both Pence and Harris ignored was that was basically the question by Susan Page that basically asked, what are you going to do if the president is unable to do his con- conduct his duties? 
which is a pretty important question considering that both Trump and Biden are going to be 74 and 78 respectively, meaning they're both such identitarians, right? So one of them has a very deadly disease that has killed 215,000 people. Uh, the other has shown mental failings from time to time, right, with all these gaffes and whatnot. So it's a very legitimate question. Good question by Susan Page. But both candidates completely ignore that question. And of course, in true, true moderator fashion, there's absolutely no follow-up. And she was like, yeah, okay, you didn't answer. Let's just, let's just move on to this question uh, about an eighth grader, because that's important, uh, what eighth graders think about the state of the presidential race, as opposed to whether the leader of the free nation is going to be capable of conducting his duties. Uh, yeah, so some other things that were kind of ignored was, uh, more notably on Harris's side, was that she didn't really respond to a question on court packing. Uh, Pence was very, was like, was like, yeah, she didn't respond to that question. Now, you guys need to, talk, you guys, you need to note this and, you know, dock her points for this. Uh, it was certainly interesting because, uh, as you hopefully know by now, uh, Amy Coney Barrett has been nominated for, to, to fill uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's Supreme Court seat, which would give Republicans effectively a 6-3 majority. So, the, yeah, I mean, the fact that she's ignoring the court packing issue is interesting, but it, it's not entirely illogical, considering that it's a relatively unpopular position, but Democrats feel like they may or may not have to take it, considering uh, that Amy Coney Bear has a very good chance of actually filling that a vacant seat right now. So that was one of the things she avoided on. Um, Another thing that there was just general lot of false lies. I mean, sorry, all, just generally a lot of lies during the debate, which is pretty typical, right? You're gonna spin is pretty common in any kind of presidential cycle or just any kind of speech or anything a politician says. Generally speaking, um, one of the I think one of the more notable lies, or I guess maybe perhaps not a lie, but more of the one of the more misleading things during the debate was when Pence, uh, I'll just give you a quote that he talked about when he's basically talking about how uh, the swine flu in 2000, I'll just give you the full quote. It's very interesting. So here's the quote. Quote, when Joe Biden was vice president of the United States, not seven and a half million people contracted the swine flu, 60 million Americans contracted the swine flu. Then he goes on to say, if the swine flu had been as lethal as the coronavirus in 2009, when Joe Biden is vice president, we would have lost two million American lives. Uh, this was quite the whopper, considering that the swine flu, believe it or not, is not the coronavirus, which means that there was definitely going to be less kind of there was a less less of a focus on this thing that only. Only, I don't want to say only, but only killed 12,500 Americans. It was only figured out after the fact. You're not going to be focusing on something that's much less lethal, even if it spreads more, right? This is uh, probably the definition of an apples to orange comparisons. So, yeah, definitely one of the, one of the bigger whoppers that was in the debate. Um, there were a lot of things, on, I mean, truly on both sides, uh, there's uh, this quote, not this quote, but uh, statements by Harris basically arguing that uh, the Trump administration dissolved a pandemic response office, which is actually, which uh, has some credence to it, but at the same time, uh, basically the, that, that office, the NRC was essentially dissolved into a larger office of 
pandemic response. Generally, a lot of evasiveness, a lot of non-answers, definitely made me, I think, to a certain degree, question the institution of these debates, especially now that the president is considering not even participating in the next debate. Uh, it didn't answer anybody's questions, and I would certainly like to talk to anyone who actually thinks that they were, like, who actually was convinced by this debate to switch their allegiance from Trump to Trump to Biden or Biden to Trump, like vice versa. Anybody who was who actually thought this debate was persuasive and actually provided some sensitive policy questions and answers, uh, that'd be that would be very perplexing if if there was really a, a lot of people who thought that. And uh, the polling doesn't actually indicate that. Uh, pre and post debate polling pretty much shows like favorabilities for Trump and Biden stayed relatively stable. The number of people, at least from these small samples, was pretty much negligible in saying that they switched their allegiance from Trump to Biden. So I guess these people do exist, but they exist in very small numbers. One interesting thing uh, from the debate, post-debate, was that um, this isn't necessarily super important, but before the debate, about 50-50 people said uh, this debate is kind of a toss-up. I'm sorry, this election is kind of a toss-up. And then afterwards, it was like more like 80-20 in favor of Biden, which kind of more or less matches what the polling and a lot of uh, polling aggregation websites are saying. Um, another thing was, I guess, in the favor of Harris, considering that she isn't as much in the national spotlight as Pence, considering Pence is just, is, is actually a vice president. Harris is, is, is an important senator, but at the end of the day, a failed presidential candidate. Her favorability uh, did improve by about, I think it was 15 points. So Definitely something in favor of Harris, but then again, once again, generally speaking, this debate didn't really change anybody's opinions. So, yeah, that's my take on this debate, and uh, I hope that was useful. Thanks.